Hey everyone, welcome back to the Eminem Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger, along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, today, it's been a bit of a dip in stuff to talk about, just uh, like normal when the trade deadline finishes. There's not a ton to talk about, but we got some news that's happening over the week, and we wanted to talk about a couple trends that have happened in this past week. Uh, so we'll be discussing a bunch of that stuff. Uh, for the next couple weeks leading up to the playoffs, we'll be mostly talking about the trends of what happened in the week and might try and find a guest or two. If anyone has anyone they want to listen to, just give us a name and we'll see if they, we can get them on. But uh, yeah, I figure we start with the not some some not great news uh, this week. Zach Boychuk took a skate to the face in his game against the Montreal Canadiens and ended up getting 90 stitches on or around his eyelid. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's any long-term damage, but uh, per usual, when that kind of stuff happens, that's really scary. Yeah, this was bad. What was it? Yeah, like, it, I, it, I haven't seen... I it assume was, he's okay. Yeah, he's fine from what everyone says. He's not playing yet, obviously, because that would just be painful, but yeah. um, he'll probably be out for a couple of weeks. But from everything I've heard, there's no long-term eye damage or anything like that. It, it, it was lucky that it didn't. That's good, because that could be a career-ender. Yes, and, you know, it feels like it happens every once in a while, and we always have this conversation. And, uh, yeah, it was just the, the guy was going to the net. I can't remember whose skate it was, but the guy was going to the net, and he fell, and his skate kicked back up, and Boychuk's head was down a little bit and got right under the visor and hit him, smoked him right by the eye. Yeah. So scary stuff, but... I guess one of the topics that brought up this week a lot uh, that I heard was, uh, do you think cages will ever become mandatory in the NHL? I think eventually they will. I, I think so, too. I don't, I don't think it's going to be necessarily soon. But I think if we're still going to, if the game keeps progressing safer and safer, which there's no reason it shouldn't, uh, I think eventually it will. I mean, and, and the one thing I'll say to that is some people scoff at that. It's like, well, why is that that surprising? I think 25 years ago, or 40 or 40 or 50 years ago, if you would have said helmets, do you think helmets would be around, like, mandatory in 10 years? People would be like, are you nuts? And then, same with 25 years ago, if you said, Everybody do you think in 15 to 20 years, visors will be almost just common? Like, people would be like, are you insane? Like, no, that'll never happen. I don't think visors, like, I don't, so you, ref, you actually play, or are skating around the ice with a visor, and you played LL, so you would have played with a cage. It doesn't make that much of a difference. It makes enough, yes. Like, especially, like, I couldn't imagine a ref trying to use a visor, or, like, a cage. Okay, but like, it would. Like yeah, like, like, you'll definitely have less visibility with a cage, but, like, that being said, it's not like, like, with cages for players, it's not like you can't, you don't come up your entire junior career with a, a cage. Yeah, you have to wear a cage your entire life. Yeah, pretty much until you get to the OHL. And if you're in college, I think you have to wear a cage regardless. Like I think so. I, I yeah. don't think you're allowed visors in the in NCAA. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, and like, I get it. it so it's like lower it, levels, it, right? Yeah, like it. So when you get to the NHL, like I get that you want to be able to kind of see the player's face a little bit, right? And you're you're trying to get some like brand and you know associate with different players. I do understand that. And I think it, sometimes you could chalk it up to, okay, well, there's going to be some freak accidents no matter what. So do you say maybe the once a year someone gets hit with a skate, or not even that sometimes, do you say that's just a risk we're going to have to accept to try and accept that the, the brand and stuff like that and be able to market our players a little better? Or do you want to just go full, just keep the cage on like it's okay? And I don't, I think there's arguments to both. Like, I don't know if you can make a definitive argument, but. No, I don't. 
think it, you can either, but I would bet money that we will end up seeing everybody wearing cages eventually. Yeah, like I, I, I feel like one of these times you're gonna someone's gonna take a skate right to the neck guards is another one I think are gonna become mandatory before cages. Agreed. Because someone's gonna take a skate to the neck or something like that, and it's gonna end up fatally, unfortunately. Yeah, or even like. When people get a puck to the head, like, that could probably kill you. Yeah, a yeah. A puck going at 100 good. mile an hour coming up, hitting well, you, you like in the a, nose you look what way. happened to Little. I mean, he took a puck to the helmet, and he still hasn't played yeah. again because he is, he's got so many head injuries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because skate to the face is pretty unusual, but puck to the face is, like, really, really common. A common enough, yeah. yeah. Like, And, I mean, you know, sometimes people can get their arms up or whatever to deflect it. And this won't be something that happens overnight, obviously, no. but... It is an interesting debate to see. Uh, I, I get that it makes a little bit of a difference when you're seeing, but again, it's not like it's not like they it's not like a cage is something that would be new to them when they get to the NHL. It's exactly. not like they're wearing visors all the way up and then they have to go to the cage and they're like, "What on earth is this?" It'd be the perfect thing you could grandfather in, and then as long as everybody's forced to wear one, there's no downside to it. It's just safer. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I feel like eventually we might get there, but it definitely I don't think we'll be in the next next half decade or anything like that yeah. unless, you know, a fatal accident happens and I would rather that not happen, and we just exactly. keep visors around for yeah. however long. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was an interesting thing to say. Obviously, we hope Boychuk gets better soon. I mean, that's a scary answer. It's good to hear that there shouldn't be any long-term issues with him, but I can't even imagine having 90 stitches in your face. No. Like, no, that is not even close. No. Like, that is a lot. I had 12 in my leg, and I thought that was a lot. Like Yeah, but, you usually hear about, like, 10 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're like, that's ooh, a lot. yeah, or, like, 15 or 20. You're like, oh, my God, but 90. And right in, like, the like, there's not much area on your head. No. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't have much more to say on that. We can get to the GM meeting. So we got three big things to talk about here. Uh, the first one was the, the proposed change for offside rules, and I, I like this one. Um, so the proposed change for offsides and uh, more offside, offside reviews is that uh, they want to make it so your skate no longer has to be on the blue line. So the way the rule is right now is your skate has to be on the ice touching the blue line for it to count as not offside. If you have your one leg over and your other leg on the blue line, but your skate is off the ice, that means you're offside because you're not touching the blue line. And the way they want to do it is, it's just if any part of your skate is on the blue line, not fully over, it doesn't matter if it's in the air or not, uh, it's not offside. And I think this is the absolute correct way to do it if you're going to have offside reviews. I'm actually confused as to why this wasn't how it worked in the first place. Well, so originally I think people said that they, it was a safety risk. They didn't want skates coming up. But it's not like, like that would happen very often. And, like, when people take strides, skates come up. Yeah, well, I think what, yeah, I think the biggest thing they were worried about is, like, let's say someone's trying to dive to get back onside going the other way. If they go feet up trying to get yeah, outside the zone fair. or something like that. But, yeah, that seems like something that wouldn't happen. And I, I believe that So in the ruling they already had something like this where it was like they said, no, it's only for entering the zone. Exiting, you need to have your skate on the ice still so that you can't just double kick up. Because no one's going to be skating into the zone with two feet in the air or a foot no. in the air, right? Yeah, you're not... Yeah, unless you're just, like, if you're crossing over, it might be a couple inches on the uh, over the ice, but it's not like anyone's gonna be just Spartan kicking someone <laughs> while they're crossing the blue line. Yeah. Like, um, so I, I really I, I'm confused why it took three years to do this. Yeah, I think that um, sounds good. Yeah, I think like if you wanted to make it with no offside reviews and you wanted to keep the original rule, that like I don't really care. That's fine. I think it'll make it easier. People are trying to say it would make it harder on the linesman's job. I think it'd make it easier because now you just have to see where the skate is, not is it on the ice, is it off the ice. It might be 
tough adding in like the third dimension there for like to see it in real time. Maybe I don't know, but I've like never raft. I've your no skate idea. is still just in the same spot, anyways, right? So it's like if you're looking at the blue line and it's a couple inches off the ice, you're going to be able to see where the foot is no matter what. Yeah, and so, based on their body position, yeah, you probably have a pretty good idea. That's true. And NHL linesmen just tend to err on the side of caution, anyways, and just let the play go because one has review if the puck goes in, and you. How many times do you see a play blown down where you look at it and you go, wow, that is obviously not offside? Yeah. Never. I, I honestly can't think the last time I saw that in an NHL game. No, because why would you when you can just No, exactly. If it's, challenge yeah, it. if it's close, you leave it, and then if it does go in, you can challenge it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought this was a smart ruling. I thought uh, I'm actually surprised that the NHL even thought of something with accidental consequences in terms of the what if they're coming back onside and like yeah. trying to cover their bases on that, too. Um. There's obviously still more. I think this will probably have to go through three or four more systems to even get approved, but hopefully this can get approved by the start of next year because that would be very good to see. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I'm not necessarily the big... I, I don't mind offside challenges. I think it's stupid when you rotate it in for 45 seconds. The offside has nothing to do with the play because you could have cleared it four times and then it goes in and you challenge. But if it's like... I understand wanting to eliminate the couple goals that are like very, very offside, or, like, even now, like, obviously there's not going to be many Duchesne goals of the year, like, the yeah, one that, that caused it, one. but, like, From back even on. Ottawa's had a couple this year where it's, like, I think one was, a couple were on them and a couple were against them, where it was, like, you reviewed it, and it, they were very clearly, like, a step offside. It was, like, okay, yeah, that's that's an easy call to make. It's, like, you look back on it's, like, yep, that's going to get reversed, and I don't necessarily, like, when it leads straight to a goal, I don't necessarily hate reversing that. No. But this makes it such an easier process because now you can just see, okay, where's the skate? You don't have to look if it's on the ice because that was big, one of the biggest problems. It takes seven minutes, and I bet you five of those minutes would be like, all right, can we see the grain? The four yeah. millimeters between. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, and it, it, we got a camera on the boards that's like zoomed all the way across the ice to try and figure this out. It's like, and th- that was the biggest issue. And so eliminating that, I think, would go would be huge towards just trying to improve offside reviews. Yeah, I agree. Um so I, I don't have much more to say on that other than I hope that is something that gets implemented. Yeah, and good good for the NHL if that's what they do. Yeah. Um, oh, I had one more thing that I didn't write down on our notes here, but also from the GM meetings is the puck tracking. Uh, so that's oh, going to get yeah. underway in the playoffs. And I wanted to ask your thoughts on this. So pretty much what they did was they have new pucks for the playoffs, and they have like little six little chips in them or whatever, and um, they're starting this in game one of the playoffs. So people have a bit of an issue with this, and I think it's a little fair is – they're going, why are you rolling out your new technology that re- relies on a new puck that could affect the puck in game one of the biggest thing of the year for you? Yeah, I mean, my assumption is that the chip is so small, you'd never know the difference anyways. It's, so Bob McKenzie was on TSN the other day, and I believe he was saying that they have tested in a few games and didn't really tell anyone about it just to see if the puck, would, like, any players would notice. And they That's said no, no one really noticed a difference, so... But they said, so last time when they tried to, like, the Fox puck track tracking technology years ago. That was, ago, like, the glowing puck. Yeah. Part, right? yeah. When they tried that, they said that the biggest problem they had was when people were taking shots, pucks would just snap in, like, three different places. Which would be horrifying <laughs> as a goal. Yeah, and also just, like, what do you do? Like, you just blow play dead. But imagine if you take a slap shot, half the puck goes top shelf and the other half goes to the corner and that yeah. doesn't count anymore. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But I'm really interested to see... I think it is, it's very NHL to, like, move something new like that out on day one. Yeah, even if you're doing blind tests and they don't notice, maybe don't launch your experiment on game one of the playoffs. Yeah, for every playoff game. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Um, 
they seem very confident in it, but I, at this point, I'm not really willing to give the NHL the benefit of the doubt of being confident in something. Cause yeah, that's 100% fair. I've just seen it too many times where it's like, you had no reason to be confident in this, and it backfired just like everyone else. Yeah, knowing saw. the NHL, this will cost a team a series in some stupid way. Yeah, it'll be like an overtime rush or something, and the puck will snap, and then it'll come back the other way off the face-off. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, And so the other thing they were talking about was... Uh, the one of the biggest issues were was when the puck goes out of the gla- over the play. It's like a two hundred dollar puck because of how much oh, yeah. technology's in it. So the original plan was they might go and track down the puck and try and give like an autographed jersey or something like that mm-hmm. as like for the fan to take home. But then now that apparently they're just like, ah, we'll just let them keep the the puck. Yeah, that kind of like. I never even thought about that aspect. Though. Yeah. I guess that's kind of unfortunate, but I'm sure the NHL makes enough money that... Yeah, I mean, even like 75 to $200 pucks probably isn't a huge issue, but... Yeah. Um, and even like, I'm pretty sure the NFL like finds you the amount it costs for a game ball if you throw it into the stands. Wouldn't shock me if they do something like that too then. Yeah, I mean, the for the NHL, I feel like... Well, I, I'm assuming warm-up pucks would still be just, like, non-technology pucks. I'd be pucks. surprised if they... Unless teams were specifically wanting to track their own pucks, I wouldn't think the NHL would give you, like, a hundred tracked pucks for warm Yeah, so then it's not... Like, like, in the NHL, it's not, like, uh, mid-game... Um, anyone's just throwing a puck over the glass, right? Yeah. Right? Like, it's not like when you score a goal, the player goes, grabs the puck, and whips it over the <laughs> glass in celebration like yeah, they would in football. So, um... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I don't have much to say on that, but uh, it could be cool. Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, I'm sure it'll lead to the classic tracking data things where they just say random things with no context on the broadcast, and it's kind of cool. And some people take it as meaningful, even though you probably shouldn't. But yeah, exactly. And I don't know. Like it, it definitely has some uh, potential benefits with all the tracking stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you can. You know, if down the road that means we get higher quality data or something like yeah. that. Or even, like, as he said, like, the broadcast where it's like, I don't know. Like, if you... Like, I don't hate when they just post fun facts on the yeah, broadcast. Yeah, exactly. But... I mean, now I don't need to see um, everyone looking at, uh, like, every game. It's like, oh, this player skated whatever miles per hour. No. It's like, this is the quickest it's ever been. It's like, I don't really care about that every game. But it's like, if you switch it up and just try and do fun things with it, I got no issue with that. Yeah, like the one stat that came out where Connor McDavid was going so fast he couldn't legally skate in a school zone. Like, when you just get random. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, right, that's cool fun. Enough. Yeah, exactly. This like, game on a Tuesday night was not that interesting. This random piece of information made it a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. usually... There's a lot of NHL games. A lot of them aren't filled with super exciting things from every single minute of the game. So Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It should be interesting to see. I'm a little, little skeptical of rolling it out on day one of the playoffs. but It's a very NHL they, move. They did have this all the way from the beginning of the year, so it's not like this was like something decided last week. They're like, all right, let's try for the playoffs. They've been planning for this for a full year at least, so I don't yeah. know. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up was uh, from the GM meetings was the emergency goalies. Uh, they decided they're not going to do anything on this. What are your thoughts on that? Good, bad, don't care? I really don't care. I think it's fine. It makes for a good story. But... Yeah, like, um, I don't, so, okay, I have a lot of thoughts. Like, I, I've, I can understand both sides of the argument. What I want, I do want to say, I maybe have said this on the podcast already, I definitely have tweeted a couple times. 
people are trying to act like this is only an issue because Toronto lost. I think I did say this when it happened. This yeah. isn't an issue because Toronto no, lost. No, this is an issue. It's an issue because they were using a Toronto Maple Leafs employee. And people ripped on Dubas for calling it a lose-lose. It is absolutely a lose-lose when you're playing against your own employee. Yes. <laughs> now, I mean... I One think... lot, like, losing to David Aries is more embarrassing. Obviously, yes. they shit the bed and everything. But it still wouldn't look good if Toronto lit up an MLSE employee yeah. in an NHL game with a team they're in a playoff race against. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was actually a lose-lose situation for them. There's no way it looks good. Yes, but, like, yeah, it's just a lose-lose in terms of if they lose to David Aries like they did, it's just embarrassing yeah, as all hell. like an idiot. If they beat uh, the Canes that night, they're not embarrassed. It's just the league is then under scrutiny for using a Toronto Maple Leafs employee as the other team. And yeah. So, like, yeah, I have a lot of, like, I don't know. I understand both sides. There's one side that says this happens so rarely. Why is it an issue? Which is kind of where I lean. We've seen it twice in three years, but... I don't really remember it previous to that. No, I think there's been, like, like I can remember hearing about four or five different times in, like, over a decade that it's have to, had to happen. So, yeah. like, it's not like it's that huge of an issue. Um, and now, I will say, like, I, I, some people have questioned, like, the whole David Aries, does he have to be, like, a 42-year-old thing? I mean, this guy's a practice goalie with the Marlies. It's probably, as long as you're good, I don't like, really care yeah, how old like, you are. I don't know. Like, it, it hurt. Like, the people were acting as if this guy was just some beer league scrub they called up. Like, they're like, there was probably people in the building who played beer league who's better than him that night. It was like, I don't know if that's true. He's probably not a practice goalie for the Marlies by accident. Yeah, like, he's probably fine. I mean, yeah. like, I get he's 42, and you don't want to throw a 42-year-old in the NHL in an NHL game. It's pretty cold, but True. like, but like the next day, it's Nylander and Mikheyev shooting on him. Yeah. The Leafs don't have Nylander and Mikheyev shooting on me, who plays a D division beer league for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he's probably fine, and like he's been their practice goalie for well over a year, so it's not like it's not like he hasn't seen high level shots or anything. Like yeah, that. I don't and again. Think... Yeah, if he was letting in every single goal, I feel like he wouldn't be the practice goalie. If anything, being a practice goalie for the Marlies, you'd see higher level shots than the Canucks game right after. It was someone at the University of BC, I think. Yeah. The Marlies are probably better. Like, the worst Marley is probably better at hockey than the best player that UBC player plays against. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where I understand that argument, too. On the other side, it's like... The argument is, okay, how hard would it be to pay someone $500 a game, give them free tickets to the game, and just have them at the arena every night if they needed to, right? Yeah, as like an NHL thing instead of a team yeah. thing. And yeah, they were they, they were also saying, I think, that the, the normal guy who would be their emergency goalie was like a U of T goalie. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. That it's would like, make sense. Like so, I said, the so Canucks like, game after. Yeah, exactly. So it was like the Canucks game, but it was like it just ended up being... Uh, um, bad luck more than anything else. Poor guy. Uh, but yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, I could have been in the Hockey Hall of Fame because that's where David, David Aries stick is now. Yeah. But yeah, it ends up for a great story. So like, I get it both sides where it's like, this this happens so little that it's like, this isn't, like, I'm very happy that this isn't the issue they felt they needed to change yeah. because they didn't. Like, there's bigger issues. The offside rule is a bigger issue, you know? Puck tracking, figuring out how that's going to work is a bigger issue. But you know, the other time, on the other hand, I think uh, Adam Wilde on the SDP said it, it would have come out to like, $200,000 if 31 teams supplied a emergency goalie for $500 a game all year. It's like for an organization that's worth like a billion dollars or whatever, it's probably not that big of a deal. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. I I didn't have a strong, as strong of an opinion as anyone else on this. No, I don't think there's much of a reason to feel super, super passionately about this because that's going to happen once every five years or something like that probably. Yeah. My only strong opinion was the people trying to say that, oh, it's only a problem because it happened to Toronto. It's like, no, it's a bigger story because it happened in Toronto. But It's the, still a 
story. Yeah, exactly. But the league isn't making it an issue to solve because Toronto didn't get points. I don't know how you need to... I don't, like, I just don't know how you see how the league is not screwed for Toronto. They could have had Connor McDavid in a draft, and they didn't get him. It's like... Yeah, if the league was being rigged for Toronto, Matthews would be in Arizona and McDavid would be in Toronto. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't have much more to say on that. It's fine. Like, it's just something that happened. I want to bring it up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where if they just keep it and just... You know, because I could see them in the summer being also just like, hey, make sure you're going over this. We're going to regulate a little stronger to make sure you actually have someone at every game who's capable of playing. But, I don't know, at the same time, like, David Aries won the game. So, yeah. and uh, full credit to the Canes. Like, they let nothing up. But Yeah, after... this was actually a really good example of, like, the psychological thing where people say, think, like, my team does things. Things don't happen. Like... People were really not trying to give the Canes credit for this. It, it was it's, on the like the Canes gave up nine shots in yeah. like two and a half or in a period and a half. So yeah, like it doesn't have to. It's probably a mix of both most times, but it doesn't have to be just the Leafs blew it. It can be the Canes. Oh yeah, good exactly. I mean, like it's embarrassing for the Leafs because you should have more than nine shots no matter what. The Canes did a great job of blocking shooting lanes and everything like that, but you should be getting over the blue line and just firing shots on them, right? Yeah. It's like I know he's a practice goalie; he might be able to stop it, but if you can uh, um, uh, find, you know, guys who are uh, not sorry. If you can find people who, on a practice goalie, let's say you just blast a shot, he gives out the juiciest rebound you've ever seen, because, of course, that might just be what he does. Yeah. You know, you can take advantage of that. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Other than that, from the last thing from the GM meetings was the salary cap for next year. It's projected to go up. They're not sure by how much yet. Uh, they said between, I think it was 83.5 or 84. Yeah, 83.5 to 88.5 or so uh, would be the upper limit. I'm assuming that's probably going to come in the lower limit on 83.5. Um, the one thing we should mention is the reason that they don't know, and I saw a lot of people getting mad about this, is because playoffs are a huge part of NHL revenue, and the salary cap is based on revenue. Yeah. So they have to figure out all their salary cap and stuff before they can make it. So it's like that's usually last year came out day two of the draft was uh, when they figured out what the salary cap was going to be. And I, like that sucks. It's not. It, you wish it you could suck. be a week or so earlier, but at the same time, like I don't know, it's just kind of what it is. And this year, too, with the coronavirus going around and stuff like that, well, that's the other thing when they when the number even included eighty eight million, I was like, like every other economic estimate is being actively revised downwards. I would be really surprised if, as the stock market tanks like ten percent, the NHL is a company blowing the doors off with its revenue. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll see. That uh, would shock me quite yeah. like a lot. Um, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the coronavirus too much. I don't, you know, I don't know enough about no, it have, really, but it's, I know, do it, know other businesses are all revising oh, their estimates downwards and that's why the TSX and things like that have tanked. The, the Chinese market has taken a huge hit yeah. because they, they've all like so much of the country, not so much, but a, a enough lot. of the country has been quarantined for the past like couple months. April buy, like my there mom a buys weeks. a lot of stuff from China and they said the factories they're buying some from are all at half capacity. Yeah, exactly. The other half of the people are at home. So, and it's obviously something that you know spreads quickly, and you need to be careful of. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, you know how that impacts the NHL. They've been advised that you know there might be like so Italian soccer league. Italy's got one that they've diagnosed a lot of people with it. So for the next two months, they're not letting any all games are played in an yeah. empty stadium, which would just be weird. I feel like it would be. Really you should just strange. cancel the game at that point. Imagine watching a playoff game with zero people. It just wouldn't it, feel it like would, a playoff game. It would feel really eerie. Yeah, like it, it'd be. Feel like an auto senators game. Yeah, <laughs> like it would just be. 
really uncomfortable. I don't even really want to picture it, even though it might be the smart thing to do. I oh, probably, no yes, idea. yeah. I feel like, but I feel like if you're canceling it, just canceling the whole game might be... I don't, like, I know you can't cancel the playoffs, but, yeah, that's a tough one. That's something we can get into later, I guess. For the salary cap, though, um, uh, he would. it would be something where, you know, I, I feel like... Even if it does go up, uh, I feel like 83 would probably be... Yeah, I don't think it's going up very much. Or at least, like I said, it would shock me if, well, all other business estimates are being revised downwards, if the NHL, of all things, is absolutely destroying, like, just crushing it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, like... Uh, it's not impossible, but... No, and, I mean, they don't need to crush it to be, you know, like, just slightly up... Yeah, I could see it going 84 or whatever, yeah. but even including 88 in the numbers, like, there's not a chance. Well, I feel, like, I feel like the reason they did that was a bargaining process, so it's like, because, you know, they're in ta- they're going to be in CBA talks again soon, so it's like, they'd be like, oh, it could have been up to 88, but the players didn't want to, you know, do their escrow or whatever it, it is, yeah. right? So it's like, ah, oh, so those those stupid players made it um, to 84. Yeah, I could see that. So that that's why I feel like the upper limit is that, and that's why, you know, the, I would be absolutely shocked if it's anything above 85. I'm Agreed. putting my th- thoughts on about 84-ish if it goes up. Like, yeah. Uh, assuming, would... assuming that, you know, they don't have to cancel playoff games or something like that, and it's just normal gate revenue. Like Yeah, 80, 83, 84, something like that is probably your safe Exactly. Range. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's... Uh, that'll help out a few teams, obviously. I mean, that'll still give them a couple million cap space yeah. to work with. You know, teams like Toronto, It would Vancouver. be nice for the cap to go way up, but... Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see any, unless... You know, especially, yeah, as you said, like, even... I don't think in a normal year I wouldn't see enough revenue jump to jump almost 10 mil or 6 mil or whatever it yeah, is in the cap. Exactly. Like, let alone in one where it's like, there's a virus, the entire world is... Like, actively like, scared of Yeah, right actively now. scared of and trying to figure out how to stop. Where So, like, yeah, I would be very shocked if uh, at all in the NHL cap just jumps a ton. Yeah, and, I mean, for what it's worth, I don't think it's good for the cap to jump a ton. You saw, I, well, I don't know if you know what happened in basketball a couple of years ago. I do The not. cap jumped, like, it was something like $40 million or something. like Because they got the new massive TV, TV deal. So that summer, instead of gradually going up, they just put a ton of cap space for everyone. Yeah. So everyone used that cap space. Of course. But there was only a finite amount of good players to use it on. So a bunch of people were just giving, like, eighth-man rotation, which would be, like, fourth liners in the NHL, literally like contracts that sh- it was like eight or not eight years. They have a max, but it was like three or four years and just like $30 million or we'll like see that Brandon Tanev. Contract yeah, exactly. Over over. It's like yeah. 15 million AAV for a guy who you play in like 12 minutes a game, 60 games and a year. You it's know like, that what? would be exactly what happened. Exactly. The NHL yeah. In the NHL, you'd be like, all right, Mark Borowiecki, here's like six mil a year for three years or yeah. something like that. It's just like, what on earth is going on here? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it would kind of be fun to watch. It would be, be until until about three years from now where you go, okay, <laughs> now everyone has no cap space again. And the difference is it's like it's not even like you're paying older players. You're just paying older players and fourth liners when you sign them. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be... It'll be interesting to watch. I think if they do even get to the point where in a couple of years their revenue is so great that they can boost it by 10 mil, I would almost want them to maybe boost it by 5. And then the next year it's like, okay, if we were only going to boost it by 2, maybe boost it by another 5 here, right? Yeah. See, I have enough faith in the Leafs GM. I would love to see them just raise it by 10. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you would. I, I just don't go I, wild. I would be like, oh, this is a disaster for the rest of the league. It would probably be terrible for most teams. Yes. Uh, it would be... 
Not good, that's for sure. It'd be funny, though. It would be funny. Like, yeah, it would be a lot of... It would be very well, funny, a lot of fun to watch. NHL but... TV deal up? Um, it's, like, somewhat soon, isn't it? Soon enough, I think. Next couple years? Because yeah. the, the Canadian one goes for a while, but I think the American one is in two Which years. Which would be the big one, anyways. Yeah. I would think, anyways. I think the American one is, like, the year that Seattle comes in or the year after, maybe. Okay, so, so two years. Yeah, maybe. it's a couple years from now, I think. But it, it is coming up, because I know there was talks about how they're probably going to get a boost from that. Because yeah. their last TV deal just wasn't good for compared to every other big sport in the yeah. States, right? So um, Now, the Canadian one is very good. The, Cana- and the Canadian one is losing sports and had a lot of money right now. But Why? Because... Well, the, when Rogers bought it, it was like, I can't remember the value. It was like hundreds of millions of dollars. And the first year that it kicked in, none of the Canadian teams made the playoffs. All seven missed. Yeah, yeah. and then after that, it was like, I think the Leafs The Leafs have made it since. The, they had one year where it was like three or four teams made it. But then in, I think, 17-18, it was just the Leafs and the Jets, I believe. And then yeah. last year, it was the Leafs. Jets again. Yeah, and Jets, and they were out. Both teams were out in round one. Yeah, I guess so. there's only two in the playoffs right now. Three. Yeah. Oh, four. Never. Yeah, mind. this year could. This, yeah, this year could could be good. They could have Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver along with Toronto in it. That would be maybe even Winnipeg if they sneak into a wild card. Yeah. But and I'm sure they're just praying Toronto gets out of the first round for once. Yes, exactly. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, some non-NHL news I just wanted to bring up. So you know how like everyone complains about the fines for players and even coaches and stuff like that? But the fines for players because the CBA is in it. Yeah. Guess how much the NBA just fined Mark Cuban for public criticism of the refs uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, God, how much? $500,000. What's Mark Cuban worth? Like couple billion, billion? Yeah, yeah billions of dollars i actually know who he yeah, is he so. owns the dallas mavericks so yeah. and he's like a tech mogul as well but that's just like imagine the nhl finding uh, uh, an owner for that matter any amount of money let alone five hundred thousand dollars and this isn't the first i feel i'm pretty sure he's got isn't his... the max fine for players five thousand yes yeah. and so i'm pretty sure like cubans up to multi-million dollars in fines now from the nba because he'll always just go off on the refs and stuff like that like two weeks ago i think it was two weeks ago he went off it was like the mavericks and the hawks and he didn't like the officiating i'm pretty sure he just called it like crap or something like that yeah. it just went off on them for like a huge <laughs> rant or something it's like the league is pathetic imagine and having enough money you could take a five hundred thousand dollar fine and, and then just do it again it is nothing yeah it's like it doesn't even affect your behavior yeah. um yeah like that is uh, 4.3 billion dollars yeah he's Jesus. worth 4.3 billion dollars and he owns an nba team so that just and tech companies so that just keeps going up so um yeah, sorry. I just I just saw that come across my phone. And went, oh my god! I'd love to see like Melnick get a five hundred thousand yeah. dollar fine. I think that might bankrupt him. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I guess we can go to Melnick now. Speaking of Melnick, uh, the Ottawa Senators uh, parted ways or fired their, I believe, CEO. Um, I think it was CEO. Jim Little. Uh, he was he only got hired in January as yeah, CEO. Dismissed after heated argument with the Ottawa Senators. So. The Senators came out and made it sound like he was being disrespectful and it went against the league and the team's conduct policy. So people were like, okay, is this like a... Uh, who's the Dallas head coach who got fired? Oh, oh I know who you're talking about, but... Uh, Montgomery? Yes. Yeah, it was like, is this a Montgomery situation? And then Bettman kind of... I don't even... I didn't even hear Bettman's comments. Yeah, Bettman had... This was weird. He was like... What did he say? He, like... Were they not, like, backing his statement? Like, well, yeah, so, like, statement? people were making it sound like Bettman was backing the uh, senators, but when no. the one that I heard 
Batman was like, yeah, this is more internal with Ottawa than it was to do with the league. Yeah. That's what I heard. And then Little came out and issued a statement pretty much saying that on Valentine's Day they had gotten a heated argument about, you know, one thing and he swore at Melnick over the phone, which he apologized for, but Melnick got all mad and then that's, she figured that's, he's like, there hasn't been much contact since and now I'm fired. So that's probably what it was about. Now, which knowing nothing about the situation... I can imagine enough scenarios where if Eugene Melnick was your boss, you'd be swearing at Yes, him. exactly. So it's like, yeah, obviously there's a lot more details probably to come out or that yeah. you want. Or maybe you can, they never. Yeah, well, but more details you want to come out. But I'm absolutely not giving Melnick the benefit of the doubt. No, there's no reason he deserves that. Every person who comes into this organization leaves it and has nothing but bad things to say about Melnick. And but, by all accounts, there's tons of great oh, people see, in the organization. Yeah, I have not heard part. any bad stories about any non-Melnick people in the organization. Everyone who leaves is like, I really wish that organization well because everyone who works there loves what they do and yeah. wants to see the team succeed. And like, and like, I'm not even kidding. I know that's like obviously a common thing, but like I have never, usually you'll hear about like one or two bad employees other than their owner, which is a huge one, obviously, but like yeah. the actual employees themselves all just sound like awesome people yeah. who want to make it. And difference. like, I'm pretty sure their PR guys are on Twitter. I've seen them on there. Yeah, before. they're, they're like, they yeah, and like... there's their social media guy is amazing. Yeah, he's got one of the best yeah, social, social media, media yeah. guy. Man. Yeah, yeah, one of the best social media teams in the league is that. Yeah, Craig, I, I can't remember how to pronounce. It. I think it's Megalodalia is his last name. I don't know. Uh, his he's name. he's I awesome. Just... He is amazing. He's yeah. one of the best guys in the league, but. Yeah, it's just, like, I'm not giving Melnick any of the benefit of the doubt. And obviously, like, it depends on what Little said. If he was, like, just dropping N-words or something like that, or, like, racial slurs, it's like, okay, yeah, obviously, you should not be a part of any organization. But if he said F you to Eugene Melnick. Yeah, if he's like, hey, F off, and it's like, you stupid son of, like, right? And then he apologizes and says, like, sorry, I got heated. But it's like, I don't know, like, probably... Like, yes, it would be a workplace violation, but at the same time, it's like, I I don't know. I'm not giving Melnick any of the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, no, he deserves absolutely none of it. Yeah, so... And nobody's giving it to him, obviously. Yeah, there's a few bots well, or... I'm sure there's, there's some... There was one guy, there's one guy on Sense Twitter who is uh, known to just be a guy you don't want to really associate yourself and... He was going around. He was doing his rounds. Of, what is he like? The Sens version of Toronto Baghead? Kind, kind of, yeah. yeah. Not quite as bad because, like, I'm I'm convinced Baghead is a parody. Probably. There was like he was he literally tweeted, "I have the smartest mind on all of hockey Twitter." The other day, I was like, "This has to be a joke." Yeah. But, but he's like, not. a follow from me is, like, you should be privileged. I was like, what is going on here? But, but like, uh, what's her name? Haley something for The Athletic, who's the Sense Beat reporter? Like, yeah. she's not coming out and being like, no, no obviously we should not. defend Eugene Mel. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton to say other than just uh, Ottawa. They did so well at keeping their name out of the news for bad it reasons. a while. Like, I can't remember the last time that they were legitimately in the news for something, like, bad. It would have been last season, the summer or last season, probably. Summer, probably, yeah. Um, cause I don't... There was, like, so much so fast yeah. that you could kind of lose it. And but then, then it over the stopped. summer, yeah, over the summer it come down, and then this year it was like, okay, we're focusing on the rebuild, and they had the picks, and then San Jose started out poorly, and then the trade deadline went relatively well as well, right? And yeah. then this happens, like... The last dumb one I can remember was Dorian talking about how proud he was to trade yeah. Mark Stone, but that's not really, like... Yeah, trade deadline day, that was, like, the pinnacle, I think, of it all. That because... was, like, to piss off Twitter more than, like, a huge business yeah. blunder, like, a couple of the rest of them were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that and, like, Ubergate the week before, a couple yeah. weeks before, were the two really big ones. But, yeah, um, I don't know, I just... It's I I it sucks. I hope yeah. that the league steps in eventually and Didn't goes they okay take enough for this. Forever to find. Yeah, well, they were looking for a president of hockey operations and stuff like that too, and no one ever wanted to 
to go for them. And then because the bro, league was helped. the league held them, and still everyone's like, "Are you kidding me? I'm not going there." Yeah. And then Melnick was just the CEO for a while, and then they finally hired this guy back in January, and I don't know, like there wasn't, I didn't have any reaction to him yet, and but I guess There's we'll really never no find out. Yeah. Know anything about him? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say on that other yeah. than it'll be interesting to see where the league goes from here. Um, maybe not to round out. We still have a little bit of time. Well, we've got a lot of time left, I think. Eh, we're, we're over the 30-minute mark. This has been better than I thought it would be. Let's talk about the Metro division. It has been an absolute uh, shitstorm for the past couple weeks. Um, Thank God the Metro's been interesting because nothing else has. So I have literally five teams I want to talk about here. Um, I want to talk about the Rangers, uh, who have suddenly come out of nowhere to make their name heard again in the wild card conversation uh as of recording they are two points out of a wild card now they have one more game played but still like considering where they were at the trade deadline where they were even like six points back i was like what are you doing I, my just to be clear my um position has not changed re-signing Kreider instead of changing or trading him oh is stupid. yeah still even if they come seventh place it's still dumb yes but, but still like the just the run they've been on has been insane to see um They've gone out of nowhere, and I guess, you know, they're 6-4-0 in their last uh, 10, and we'll get to the other teams as well, but I guess I'd say, do you think they have a chance to, to make playoffs here? And are, Like, are they legit, or are they just going on a bender? So, I think they're the third best team competing for that eight spot. Prop, uh, actually, I don't know. I think Carolina's better. There's the Blue Jackets, Islanders, Rangers, and Hurricanes for two spots, essentially. Yeah. I guess the Panthers are in there, too, but they've played two more games, so... But, like, I think the Hurricanes are the best of those teams. And then after that, I don't really feel passionately about any of them. Yeah, I mean, Columbus has been so injured where it's, like, it's so hard to... Like, I would say they're probably the worst just because of their injury luck. And, like, that's not... Like, I don't mean that as an offense to Columbus, but, like... Yeah, like, like, their whole team's been decimated. Yeah, like, I think the Hurricanes are good. But other than that, the other four teams... Yeah, and the Hurricanes don't have goalies right now. Exactly. So no combination of these, like, five teams would really surprise me at this point. Since um, the February 1st, I just used that as a random cutoff, the Rangers and Islanders have been 28th and 29th in Corsi 4 percentage with 46%, and they have 47% and 48% of the expected goals, which ranks them 26th, <laughs> and the Islanders are 21st. So... It's not like any of these, st- either of those teams have been world beaters. and The Islanders are on a five-game losing streak. Yeah, I say the Islanders have really struggled since the trade deadline, and we'll get into them in a second. For the Rangers, uh, you go, okay, well, how are they doing so good? Um, you want to go take a look at their PDO? Uh, they're seventh in PDO with a save percentage of 919 right now, 0. 0.7 uh, at 5v5, and I'd imagine that's probably up a little on special teams as well. Um so and they're shooting eight, eight and a, just over eight and a half percent since February first. So, yeah, to me, I don't think they're very legit. I would be. They might make the like anything can happen. Obviously, in the next two weeks, but yeah, like I don't think they're legit. But I don't think any of the other non. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not like the Islanders or Columbus are very legit either. And if Flor or if uh, Carolina doesn't have their goalie for the next week and a half, it's not like they're legit either. So exactly. Yeah, and anything could happen here. I think based on the Twins. RAPM goals four. I saw this this morning. Panarin is on base to have the best offensive season of anyone that we have fancy stats for. Yeah. Um, that, so him wheeling them into the playoffs could be cool. Yeah, that uh, that fits the bill, too, because yeah. he has been unreal this year. He um, has been freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look at Dom's playoff chances as of today uh, from The Athletic. 
He has the Rangers at 31%, the Islanders at 72%, uh, the Hurricanes at 56%, and the Blue Jackets at 28%. Okay. So he has the uh, Islanders and Hurricanes as his two favorites, but his model values players versus teams. I think Money Puck would be a bit different, probably pretty different here. Money Puck usually varies from Dom. I say, yeah, Money Puck is pretty heavy on just what the team's been doing and not the players. Dom's has like, okay, players will be back a little bit, right? Um, and I I don't know enough about Money Puck's model to vouch for it. I know you can make money betting on Dom's model. Yes, uh, I Money Puck I know is very volatile, which is, it's fine. It, it yes. kind of goes with the flows. The Rangers are at 32. Um, the uh, Blue Jackets are at 46.9, so 47. The Islanders are at 49, and the Hurricanes are at 67. So a little bit of a switch, but it's not like the Rangers are similar in both, and Blue Jackets are a little higher on Money Puck. Money Puck pretty much has a toss-up between the Islanders and Blue Jackets to get in at this yeah. point. Uh, I should say, I should mention Florida. Uh, they have Florida at 21.3%, and Dom has Florida at 19%. So it's close enough. Yeah, but, um, yeah. the Islanders... So the Rangers have been on the up, up and up lately. The Islanders have been on a massive skid. Five game losing Five in a row. They lost to Ottawa last night, which is just like... You shouldn't be doing it at this point in the no, year. No, not at all. Um, it's, uh, yeah, things are not going well there. And lucky for them, things are not going well for most of the other teams. The East is kind of just like six teams trying not to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, other than the Flyers. Yeah, the Flyers the, are popping the, off. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to them in a second, too. Um, it feels like they're coming out party this week. But, yeah, for the Islanders, like, they've lost five in a row. They're 2-6-2 two, and two in their last ten, and... Right now, they're just hanging on to a playoff spot. Uh, they have a couple games in hand on most of the players, but they're at 78 points right now, and they're in the second wild card spot. So yeah. they need to start winning some games here if they want a chance. Sooner uh, rather than yeah, later. Yes, I yeah. say. Because we're getting to the point where it's like a three-game losing streak could kill your playoff hopes yeah. because there's only 14 games left for most of these guys. So yeah. if you lose a quarter of your remaining games all in a row, you're getting screwed because then you're going to have to win six or seven in a row just to give yourself a chance. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Islanders, they're, they're a team where it's like, I think all year we're just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, Barry Trot's system is definitely one that's going to look bad in underlying numbers. Probably isn't as good as its fans think it are, but it's a fine system to get you near the playoffs, and that's kind of where they are right now. Yeah, they look. They had a 17-point game point streak earlier in the year, and this is kind of balancing that out now. So, I don't know, like... Yeah, we've kind of been waiting for them to fall off for the past year and a half. Maybe this is it. Yeah, and I don't I, think I don't really. I don't think even their fall off, it won't be a bottom five team or anything like that. No, I don't think they're like actively terrible. I just don't but, think they're good. No, I think they're probably closer to the sixteen to twenty range, fourteen to twenty range, or it's, it's like right that. where they are right now. So it's not like that's yeah, that they're just of, like they're, yeah. yeah, they're whatever. Like they don't have a ton of they don't have much scoring talent at all, and just like they play a very stingy defensive system. They're like Minnesota East, where if they came tenth, nobody's blinking, and if they sneak into the eighth place spot, nobody really cares. Speaking either. speaking of that, do you know who's in the second wild card <laughs> yeah, right now? The Minnesota Wild. Um, For so, the record, I think Minnesota's a better team than the Islanders, but yeah, I mean they have yeah I don't know I same sort of. There's um, no team I'd rather see in the playoffs less than the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> I I don't I, hate the Minnesota Wild. I just have a passionate dislike for them because of how irrelevant they are in literally every stage of anything. They're just 
They are the most forgettable NHL team in the league. Yeah, because at least other teams, like Arizona was like bad enough that they were the butting end of jokes where players go to die and stuff like that. There's just no reason to think of the wild. Exactly. It's Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like Arizona and Florida. It's like they're so empty that it's like you make attendance problems. Same with like Ottawa. It's like Ottawa has so much trouble with their ownership and stuff that you make so much fun of them. But it's like the wild are just so forgettable. It's just like they'll just finish 20 16th to 20th every single yeah. year. It's like, all right, maybe they made the playoffs and get dummied in round one or yeah, something like that. Yeah, they can like bounce in the first round yeah. or they can miss by two points. Like, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think if you had just, like, I don't even dislike many NHL teams. Like, I, being a Sens fan, I always grew up to dislike. I don't like most of Leafs' Twitter or Leafs' fan base. Which is fair. Yeah, I don't like the Buffalo Sabres that much. But even then, like, their organization, now that I try and, like, watch the league in a more objective standpoint, I don't, like, hate any team, really. I just actively dislike for no reason at all. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people who play for Minnesota are great, but it's like, I just don't care. Yeah, the only teams I really dislike are ones that do, like, actively stupid decisions, and then when it works out well for them anyways. Yeah, yeah like, the Islanders right now, it's like, okay, I don't really care for the Islanders. Yeah. But it's like, even them, I like Matt Barzell. Like, Barry Trott seems like a good least. dude. So, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. We got really off topic there, I guess. But yeah, they're kind of just like, the Islanders and Minnesota are both kind of in the same boat, where it's just like... Yeah, they probably don't. They don't have anywhere near enough high end talent to truly make a run. But it's like they're also the rosters don't look that good, but they're probably better than their roster lets on. Yeah, so, I would agree with that. Um, and then also in the Metro, I guess let's go to Philly. This was really their coming out party this week. Uh, I feel like every every podcast I listen to kind of mention, oh my God, Philly's really doing stuff. They're nine one and zero in their last uh, ten, including an eight game winning streak. Um, they are literally they beat uh, Washington the other night. They're now tied at 87 points with Washington, same amount of games played. They could take the Metro Division. If Which they, would be wild. It would be wild, and that would also give us a cap. Right now, I really want either a Capitals-Penguins uh, first round so or a Flyers-Penguins first round. Either one of those would be fine would with be me. Yeah. Either way, it looks like the Penguins have probably thrown home ice away. Maybe. I mean, I mean well, they're three I point. They're three point. They could be as little as one point back after the True. next game. So it should be a good race down the stretch here. Um, but yeah, all, any three of that combo of that team would be awesome. That would be very good. And the money puck model made news because they had the Flyers. I think they still do as the cup favorites. Yes, yeah. Uh, I believe they have them as the cup favorites right now. Uh, because I think that also kind of goes on as uh, like uh, their division. So yeah, they have Philly first with 14%. That's a big gap. Uh, Vegas and Tampa with 11.2 and 9%. Washington with 8.5. Colorado 7.4. Boston 6.6. Um, I, their model must just really like Philly, I guess. I don't know. So I'm looking at it. They have Philly mainly off the back of shooting talent. So their model must weigh really heavily for the past, like, most recent I think, games. Yeah, I think they do. Because I wouldn't buy an argument that the Philadelphia Flyers are far and away the best shooting team in the no, league. No, the only other thing I could understand is maybe like if your model really thinks that like the Atlantic is just that good, where it's like Tampa's going to have to go through Toronto and Boston, and Boston's going to have to go through a Metro team and then the Atlantic team. Yeah. And that's what... But, but they have like, them first in their power rankings, too, yeah. so it's not even that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's, that seems a little aggressive to me, but... It's not I like mean, they're a dominant 5-on-5 five five no, team. They've been good, I'm pretty sure, but, like... They're the 15th in XG. Yeah, so they've been at, like they've been fine. I don't know. Like, since... Since February 1st, they've been 16th, so they're right, <laughs> they're right around there, you know? Um... But, I don't know, they, they underperformed, I think, at the beginning of the year, too. Like, they were yeah. way out of their... And, like, they have 
superstar player. Yes. I mean, JVR's hurt now, but Couturier's amazing. You know, yeah, Giroud, not good. what he used to be, but he's still very good. You know, Voracek's still solid. Yeah. You know, um, it'll be interesting to see this race go down all the way to the end because this is a very, very good thing. Um, so the other team I want to talk about, Pittsburgh's been on slide, but I'll save them for last. The other team I want to talk about is Washington because, you know, for a couple weeks, and I'm very much included in this, we always considered the big elite ones from the East, Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, Tampa. Yep. That's the four, right? Well, Washington fans are losing their minds lately about how this team has been playing over the past couple months. Yeah, and they've been struggling all of a sudden, which is weird because, like, this is probably the best results the Capitals have gotten at five on five. Yeah, years. I mean, like in in the so since February first, I'll just keep using that cutoff right now. They're at fifty percent expected goals and over fifty percent Corsi. So it's like that's above what they usually are. Yeah, I remember the year they won the cup, they were at like forty. Yeah, they were twenty four percent for the whole year, and then come playoff times, they dominated. So it was like, okay, they were probably just relying on shooting talent. And then, yeah. You know, you buckle that, which is fine. Like that's not like that's an issue or anything like that. If you have, you know, you have the shooting talent, right? Um, but like. Yeah, I don't know. Like throughout the whole year, they have they rank fourteenth, so they've just been kind of the same. They just haven't been getting bounces and stuff like that. Yeah. But everyone on Cavs Twitter I see is absolutely like really worried about this team. And I mean, I don't know. The record suggests kind of that too. But I, I wonder if the is it that our expectations were too high for them? Are they it's probably that? Are they overreacting to a little bit of a you know just down downswing in goaltending or shooting like, percentage? Or Holby's been bad. Yeah, Holby's not been good. You know, Samsonov has been better, but I don't think he's been like elite or anything like that. No, I don't think you're like confident with Ilya Samsonov as your goalie. You're not like yes, we have the best goalie in any playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Here. But uh, yeah, he's been definitely. It's been hard to be worse than. Uh, Holby. Holby. He has been. Some team is going to give him a contract extension this year, this summer, and it is not going to be good. It's going to hurt. But. Well, like, they're still leading the division. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess. still the Capitals. Yeah, my question is more just like, is this something that we should be concerned about, or did we just place our expectations too high on them this whole year as someone, like, just because of who they are? Yeah, I mean, I kind of just, like, the second they take the lead in the Metro, you kind of just don't blink. And well, they kind of just all, you, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, I think we had them third going into our, maybe even fourth in our Metro, no, third, I think. Third. It was like Carolina, Pittsburgh, and then Washington, yeah. usually. And, like... Like, I still think Pittsburgh's a better team than they are. Yeah. I don't know about Philly. Yeah, I don't like it. Probably not. Like, I don't know. Like, in a playoff series, I think it'd be probably 50-50. I think you'd probably just I'd give default the edge. to the Capitals. Yeah, a little bit. It depends who has home ice, maybe, you say. Yeah, like, true. Like, that could be the swing one way or the other, but it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't... I, it's, it's interesting, because it's just one of those things where it's like, I think I don't think they're a bad team by any means. I think they could still have potential to do damage in the playoffs, but it's like their fan... Like, every time I go on the like Caps Twitter, it's like their fan base are freaking out. Yeah, which seems really odd. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not, you know, I saw one who's like, this isn't a slump. If you've been watching this team for the past two months, there's something crucially wrong. I was like, that doesn't sound sound familiar to me as a Leafs fan. Yeah, (laughs) I say that, that, but it's like, that doesn't sound like something you want to be saying heading into the playoffs. But, But um, like, if anything, the Caps have earned the benefit of the doubt over the past 10 years. Oh, yeah, like, I'm not going into the playoffs (laughs) being like, this team's definitely getting swept first round. Yeah. Um, I think even if they do lose, let's say they, they finish second in their division and they have to play one of Pittsburgh or Philly, even if they do lose in that series, I just I don't see it being like a four-game demolition like it was New York versus Pittsburgh last no, year. No, like I'd be picking Pittsburgh in seven if Washington yeah. gets home ice in that series or something like that. And I'd be picking probably Washington in seven in a Philly series or something exactly. like that too, right? Yeah. Like it just comes down to the wire, right? So 
Yeah, and then Pittsburgh, yeah, they've been on a slide recently too. Now they've won two in a row, so now they're four six and zero in their last ten. Um, they're still, I don't, I don't have many. They lost Dumoulin and. Um, they're finally uh, starting to get help, Marino. Marino, and that was, that was like they're not obviously Dumoulin and Marino aren't like as or a Norris level candidate D men, but when you just had all the injuries you've had all year, and then you lose two of your most reliable guys all year, that's gonna affect you eventually. And and when your decor is that bad, like yeah, when you have Jack Johnson with. playing with Chris Letang for twenty five minutes a night or whatever, then having Marino helps. Yeah, yeah so exactly. So they're good in their transition game too, which obviously Pittsburgh with all their forwards is kind of reliant on. Yeah, because if you can't get those puck to those forwards, like your Jack Johnson trying to make that breakout pass, it hurts. And only enough, their uh, problem for their losing streak was they couldn't score. They, yeah, they had like weird. four goals in six games or something stupid like that, which is not what you would expect. Uh, Pittsburgh's problem to be, but it yeah, because Sid went out and took ownership or whatever, and he hasn't been. Necessarily what you expect from Sid, but yeah, I don't know. The guy, I don't. Yeah, that. I don't have too many issues with this team. If they can get, as long as they get healthy, health would be my concern because yeah. they just haven't been healthy all year. But if they do get a uh, like even close to full going into the playoffs, I think they got to be one of the favorites to come out of the Metro. I would think so. Probably my favorite, but I think you could maybe depends on the last fourteen game shakeout. Like if Philly just runs off another ten wins or something, it's like okay, I could hear. Maybe saying that you know you could try and get Philly riding a hot streak if they get a better matchup or something in the first round, like just do the wild card or something. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I like Pittsburgh probably the most out of these three teams, but I still think, especially Washington and Pittsburgh, I think they're very good. I, I just, now, you know, obviously you can't discredit anyone who's won one eight in a row like Philly has. Yeah, and, it still takes something. It is like a very Philadelphia thing where... They just seem to get their records in the strangest ways. Yeah. Well, like a couple years ago, they were the first team to ever win 10 and lose 10 in, a, in the same season, season or yeah. win 10 and miss the playoffs in the same season. Or maybe that was Buffalo that did that, actually. That was Buffalo that did that because they just snuck in. But Philly did something but along those lines. They did too, win 10 they? and lose 10 in the same season, but they yeah. snuck into like the eighth seed, I'm pretty sure, the seventh seed. Yeah. Whereas Buffalo won 10 that season and then missed the playoffs because they completely <laughs> fell off the map. But yeah, like Philly, I don't know. They they got a goal differential of plus thirty six. That's not that's good. It's best in the metro. Yeah, as I say, so you you know like it's not like they're just fluking into one nothing wins or anything like that. What is it like fourth in the league? Yeah, and yeah. the other thing about Philly is that their goaltending has been atrocious. Yeah, uh, which is... like Carter Hart hasn't been good, or he's been he's been not great, and uh, Brian Elliott's been bad. Which is weird because Elliott was really really good for a long time. Yeah, so thirty four, I guess. But. Uh, yeah, like their goal, they've had like some of the least worst goaltending um, this year, and they're still rolling off nine wins in a row. So I guess you could say when you're looking at Philly, it's like okay, yeah, maybe their their shooting percentage is going to regress because that's pretty high right now. I believe, I believe Ryan Lambert on the PDO cast said it was like twelve percent or something like that which on all situations. Which probably is, be why money pucks so high. On yeah, them. and nine point two eight at five on five, so that's high even for like high, right? But. Yeah. Like, he said that'll probably come down. But, like, their goaltenders so far, like, Elliott's had a minus 7.73 goal save above average. Carter Hart's been at with two, so he's been fine. But, like, it's not like their goaltending's been stellar by any means. No, they're not getting knockout goaltending. No, so it's like, you can say, okay, yeah, it's possible their uh, shooting regresses a little bit, but if their goaltending, like, regresses back to, to me, yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. So it's like, it might even out a little bit, and they might just be exactly what they're... Or close to what they are, obviously not nine wins in a row. No, but, nobody's nine. Yeah, wins eight in a row. win in a row. But it's like they could be just a team where it's like, yeah, they're gonna be a threat to yeah. upset a team or two. Or win a couple rounds. So that's good. Um I guess the only other thing, I don't really want to talk about this, but I guess we should. Uh 
the Hart Trophy is now becoming a topic of discussion. Again. Uh, so, I don't really have... I haven't even thought about this too much. I hate the Hart Trophy specifically because of Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, I think last year we actively tried to avoid talking about it as much as we could. This year, I guess I'll ask, if Leon Dreisaitl scores 140 points, do you just give it to him? Like, and you go, you accept the Kucherov road of last year, where it's like, okay, he's probably not the most... Obviously, you, there's three different ways to determine, like, the most valuable player to his team or whatever. Yeah. I just, I don't know. So, like, I, again, Ryan Lambert made a really good uh, point on the PDO cast. It's like, Dreisaitl's 5v5, like, possession stats have been, like, below at... Like, they've been, he's been, like, I think, minus 86 in shot attempts this year at 5v5. He's been out. He's been... Scored or, at 5 Sorry, five, yeah, it's minus correctly. 86 shot attempts, minus... Uh, I think 30 shots and then the minus 6 in goals at 5v5 this year. Yeah. He's got 52 points at 5v5 and like his other 52 are on the power play. He's leading the league with over 50 on the power play. So, But I guess my point is like here, it's like with the MVP, it's tough because it's like, okay, all that stuff's cool, but then also how much can you discredit 53 power play points in a year or like 70 or whatever? Because it's like that does have an impact on the game, right? Now, the best argument against that is Dreisaitl's good because he doesn't play with McDavid now has become the argument. Guess it's, who he plays with on the yeah. power play well, where all of yeah. his points it's even Even this year, I think he's played like 75%. It's just because the last two months or month that he was where not playing with McDavid. McDavid got hurt for two weeks yeah. and this narrative yeah. took off. And well, and he had 12 points in the like yeah. four games or whatever, so everyone's like, see, they don't. he doesn't need them. It's like, all right. like Yes, he's not. He's definitely not what like other people thought at the beginning when it was just... He couldn't play away from McDavid. He can clearly drive his own line fine enough. Yeah. He has enough shooting talent that it's not an issue. There's but a non-zero chance he's the best shooter in the league. Probably. I mean, he's, got I 20, he's shot 20% for the past two years now. Yeah, which is something I really didn't expect to say coming into this season. But. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things where I hate the heart debate so much. It's I try to stay worst. out of it. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, Connor Hellebuck is someone who I'm all for goalies shouldn't win the heart uh, just because of the fact that a goalie should always win the heart if that's what we're going to do. Unless it's like a Carey Price season where it's like, it's clear that that guy just dragged that team to third round of the playoffs, first in their own division or second in their own division, and that team would literally be like bottom eight if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Then I'd be fine with it, but it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'd be okay with just, like, for what it's worth, I think Hellebuck has been amazing this year. But... If we're gonna give the goalie who's on the twentieth best team the heart or the heart, it's like maybe we should just be giving a goalie the heart every year because that's who I should think deserve it we every year. Probably should be based on the way it's been previously voted on. I'm sure Drysidle's going to win it. Yeah, and like I just I don't care. Like I just no. It's kind of just it's warped into like a proxy war on yeah. points more than really a heart debate at this point. Well, yeah, and so, like, last year, Kucherov won it because he had 132 points or whatever, or Something 128, 128. was yeah. on pace to beat that by about five points this year. So it's like, I guess then you go, okay, is it cool because it's like, wow, you got even more points, or is it like, should we adjust what scoring is in the NHL now? Or maybe both. Probably Or maybe both. Both, like, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just... Yeah, like, you're going to see in the... Coming weeks, as dry as the dry sidle for heart campaign becomes even more contentious, a lot of people say points are useless, which I don't think is true. I think no, that's going too far the other way. Yeah. But they probably aren't what other. It's like the classic where look, some people overrate them, so the response is to grossly underrate yes. them. And I mean, 
you know, we obviously had the whole Twitter thing the other day of the evolving hockey twins, uh, or evolving wild twins. The Nichuskin. Saying that Drysaddle will be about 30th on their heart ballot, right? Or this a couple weeks ago, I guess. But they said, and then said, yeah, Valerie Nichuskin could be over it. And I don't know, me and you discuss that privately. And I'll say, well, say publicly is, um, I think tweeting that you should know that you're going to get responses, especially when Drysaddle is a six-point game or whatever it was. Yeah. And playing the victim when you tweet that and then have a bunch of Oilers fans going, which, like, from what they were responding to, didn't seem bad. I'm, so, I'm sure there was probably some people who took I'm it too sure far. I'm sure there was some shit it's like, that yeah, they just it's like, didn't. you're so stupid, like, stop breathing or something like that. Obviously, that's not okay. No, nobody deserves to be harassed. No, but it's like, but if, if, when, you're, if you're tweeting out that the guy who has 112 points by, like, the 60-game mark is 30th on your heart ballot over a guy who has 30 points as a third-line player, when that guy has five points, I think it's very fair to dig up that tweet and go, ha, huh, look at this. Still better or still worse than him, do you think? Yeah, like... Nobody deserves to be harassed, but the whole, like, old takes exposed kind of thing, you're kind of asking for it. Yeah, well, when, I wouldn't even call that harassment. Like, Well, like, some people, I'm sure, are yes, legitimately yes, yeah, harassing obviously. Them, which is yeah, obviously there's a, there's a difference between digging this up and being like, ha, you still think this, you <laughs> idiot, or whatever, and being like, you're the stupidest person I've ever met, you should just quit hockey and quit life or something stupid like that. Yeah, like, I've seen them reply in re- to, like... Some tweets, and I assume you don't reply to the most egregious ones probably for not. obvious reasons. Yes, probably. And not. I'm sure that's... their DMs might be a mess. Yeah, um, for sure. So, and yeah, obviously that's not okay. But you know, I mean, you talked about it at length. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I think even if you do believe it, which fine, I don't at all. I think it's crazy. I think I don't think Drysital. I think there's an argument he shouldn't win the heart, but I think at worst he should be about third, third or fourth on the ballot. Like when you put up 104, I don't care. Like. The heart isn't about what's repeatedly re- repeated going forward. It's about what you did this year. So it's like, even at 5v5, it's like, that's where I think his numbers could really hurt him, where it's like, yeah, he's been outscored at 5v5, but it's like, when you also just casually add, like, 70 power play points on top of that or whatever, you should probably consider that a pretty heavily amount, right? Like Yeah, like, I haven't ran any of the models I have for this year to have super passionate takes about where I'd have them, but, like, yeah, I, I would be surprised if... What my model spits out him being one. Yeah. Like, I'd be really yeah. shocked with that. I don't the think he's been yeah. outscored at five on five. If he does get it, like, and he puts, especially if he puts up like 136 points, it's one of the things where I really don't care. It's like, fine, that's whatever. Like And, like, as much as points are probably overrated, it would be cool to see a guy put up Mario Lemieux level. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, it's like, they can be over, they are overrated for sure, but it's also like, yeah, you have to, it's a one season sample thing where it's like, Okay, yes, they're probably over. They're especially overrated to evaluate how good a player is, especially going forward, right? It's yeah. like, oh, this guy had this many points. It probably means he's the best player in the league. No, and no one's saying that either, right? Like, But the thing is, it's not who's the best player in the league every year. It's who's the most valuable of their team this season. And Well, that's the other stupid thing that comes up. People are like, well, then the Hearts should just go to McDavid every year because he's the best player in the league. It's like Sidney Crosby was the best player of the past 15 years. Sidney Crosby was not the best player of each individual season for 15 years exactly, straight. Exactly, yeah. Even discluding the ones where he was hurt. Sidney yeah. Crosby was healthy and, like, the 12th best player in the league for seasons. Yeah. While still being the best player in the league. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's, like, the most valuable to his team because it's, like, his team doesn't need him as much, right? So, like, the other argument is always, like, guys like McKinnon who are doubling the next person points. And, again, what do I have I mean? a lot of sympathy for that. Yeah, I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't really care. Like, that's fine. I fine with that. Panarin's another one where it's like he's just dragging this team to the playoffs. I think he should get probably a little more love. People want Pasternak. I'm not as high on that as other no. people. I could see an argument that Panarin won. Yeah, I think, I, I think right now Panarin 
I just because I'll exclude goalies, I'll keep Hellebuck out of it. Hellebuck's probably, especially if they make the playoffs, he's going to get some love just because I would hope so. of the stupid make the playoff miss by two point rule. But um, yeah, I would go if I'm leaving Hellebuck out. I'd probably go like Panarin, McKinnon, McDavid, Drysital as some combination of the top four, something like that, something like that right? Maybe Malkin just because of how good he was when Crosby yeah, was, was out. But Malkin missed a, a, Malkin missed time too this year, so. That's kind of, that's a tough one. Yeah, well, the worst part about the Hart Trophy, like I said, is it's not even just about the Hart Trophy. It's just little proxy wars about do you have to make the playoffs? Yeah. The points actually matter? Yeah. Does this, like... And then you always have beat writers. This player's not getting enough love. It's like, I love Pasternak, but he's also playing on the best line in hockey. Like, yeah. And I don't even know if he's driving that line still. Like, yeah, like, like he's doing his fair share, obviously, but, like, is he... Like, if you put him with... Whoever McKinnon was playing with that wasn't, like, Landeskog and Rantanen for most of the year because they were hurt for half of it. Yeah. Like, if you're putting him with, like, and literally anyone else on Boston, is he going to be throwing up the numbers he is now? And, of course, he wouldn't be. No. So, like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I'm sure we'll have lots of debates about it until the awards actually come, and then people will forget about it two days later, but... Until halfway through next season. Yeah, exactly. Until after the trade deadline next season when we need stuff to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I will say, like... So, when the Leafs were really bad, or not actually really bad, but when the Leafs were struggling, people were, like, really, really worked up. And I was like, look, you shouldn't be worked up. But I I at least understood why people would be so pissed off. I, for the life of me, do not understand why people care about the Hart Trophy so much. No, I, I don't <laughs> get it. I, we, we've talked about this so many. I think anyone who's listened to us for a year or two now would know that we just... I don't care at all. No, I don't. Like, it's like it used to be one of those things where it's like I have a great de- like if you have a good debate, yeah. Though, yeah. It's like I'll, I don't mind talking about it right now, but it's just like you get on Twitter and someone's just like you're so stupid for thinking that yeah. Drysdale's not number one. It's like, man, I literally just said he'd be like three or four on my ballot. Like yeah. I don't think he's a bad player by any means. I just think I have it or I have a different like standard than you, right? Like it's just like I don't. It is one thing I don't understand, because it doesn't mean shit all. Well, yeah, like, of all the things to be super polarized about, the Hart Trophy affects no fan base no, in like, reality. The only time it affects, I guess, is, like, when you look at, like, uh, Hall of Fame voting, maybe, but like that's maybe. so far in the future. Yeah, like, nobody's thinking about Dreisaitl's Hall of Fame case right no, now. No, exactly. So yeah. And yeah. like I said, like, at least when the Leafs are struggling, it's like, oh, I've put 200 hours watching this team this season, I'm pissed off or whatever. Yeah. With the Hart Trophy, it affects... Like, there's no, no real no reason to care. care that much. Yeah, no one should care. So, Maybe Dreisaitl and Pasternak and McKinnon should care, because it yeah. might be, like, bonuses yeah, or exactly. something like that. Yeah, it just gives you a little more uh, right, right name recognition, I guess, too. But, yeah. like, yeah, like, fans shouldn't, like, oh, we demand the respect. It's like, if you lose the Hart Trophy but then go and win the Stanley Cup, you're going to forget all about exactly. the Hart Trophy in literally two seconds. And even, like, so I'm a Leafs fan. I could make a good faith argument for Matthews above a whole bunch of dudes that are in the conversation constantly, but I really don't care yeah. that much if Matthews gets the votes above Pasternak or not. Exactly. Like, so it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's something I just I try and stay out of on Twitter. I, I have a couple discussions. Like, like, I don't know, I think, you know, I had a discussion with someone the other day and it was just, Talk about just give Drysaddle it if it's that many points. Like yeah, I, like I when if Drysaddle wins, I'm not gonna be upset. Especially if he hits like 140 or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm like I'm not gonna be upset. I'd probably have my ballot personally a little different. But again, like if as long as it's not someone like 
who's, like, I would have, like, 8th or ninth or 10th or something like that winning. It's like, okay. Like, if it's top five, it doesn't really matter. They're yeah, all they're very, all very good players. they're so close at the top that, like... Yeah. Like, even so that you could use the Twins War model. That's something that's quote-unquote objective that people could cite. They personally talked about how the error bars on that are half a win, which means you could make a good faith argument for a guy who's like nineteenth. Yeah, almost twenty fifth probably. Yeah, like, probably. Exactly. So, so like, like if because the error bars on hockey statistics in one season are high enough that, yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's enough hard talk for today. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, we have a little more to talk about as well. Tonight, tonight, this week was pretty good though. You know, uh, some trends and stuff like that. Uh, we didn't even get into the Arizona stuff, but you know their draft, like their testing of uh, draft prospects. Did oh, you see I that? For, yeah, yeah, I forgot about the, that. The penalties are being rumored right now. Could be up to 250k a player with significant draft pick forfeit, and the guy who wanted to do it fired. You would think it should be draft pick. Probably forfeit, yes, right? um, um, but yeah, we can what get. What did they even do? I, I, it was just like they were using, I think, technology or something to eligibly test draft eligible people. Hmm. I don't. I have no idea. Well, once that comes out and the details get finalized, It'll that be could be. Yeah, into. exactly. So, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. As always, you can find my stuff at lastwordhockey dot com. You can find me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. You can find Chase on Twitter at CMHockey sixty six. Uh, do you have anything else coming out soon? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go work on my paper today. I should have. Using ridge regression, which is what the like uh, RAPM in hockey is you based off of to evaluate quarterbacks in the NFL. There you that go. Should be some, this week. Some football talk if you if that's your stuff. But uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and as always, we'll talk to you next week.